welcome to Monroe Live Podcast. I'm here with uh, Jason uh, Camisa, and uh, he is going to uh, be my my new target uh, for excellence. Uh, and we'll okay. talk about that in a bit. Yeah. But right now, uh, Jason, why don't you give us a little bit of background? I, I'm kind of curious. I know you're, you're a journalist. How did you get involved with journalistic uh, endeavors and cars at the same time? I, I'm interested well, in that. I, I joke that it's all who you sleep with, but actually, ah. it, uh, it really, it really is. No, I'm kidding. It's it's luck. I mean, uh, I started out my career as uh, I ran an IT company, and uh, upon leaving that industry, screaming, um, I just happened to me happened to meet someone who was working in the industry um, and running the website for Automobile Magazine. Um, and he called and said, hey, our sister magazine is Motor Trend. Would you please work with me together? Because um, you knew I had an IT background and a car background. Um, and then th things shuffled around and I wound up getting his job when he left um, running automobiles website. And from there, um, that was basically me sneaking in the door. Right? I didn't want to run a website. I wanted to write about cars and I wanted to drive sideways and do terrible things to other people's cars. And uh, yeah. Here, and here I am, 17 years later, uh, still playing with cars, still sliding other people's cars around, and now talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Wow, the high point. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, anyhow, uh, I'm glad you, to be you, here. Well, I'm. We're delighted to have you. I again, I'll be embarrassing you shortly, but but here's the thing. I'm really interested in is um, uh, you said you were you fooled around with cars. Like, uh, were you uh? Did you race cars? Did you uh, just terrorize the neighborhood? How how did you get interested in cars? I I think I popped out from the uterus wanting to be behind the wheel of a car. I, apparently, wow. I drove everyone crazy uh, by the age of two, calling out every car on the road. And just wow. there was some sort of miswiring here in my brain that just oh, made I me think that's, that's perfect wiring actually. But I, yeah, I would go. agree. Um, and at 14, I bought my first car, which of course I had no license and no right to do so, but I bought an old Volkswagen Beetle with a friend and we got busted driving around the neighborhood. So it just kind of started <laughs> in all of the normal bad, yeah, bad teenager yeah, ways. Yeah. Um, but also an obsession with reading car magazines. I was fascinated by it. Um, and my undergrad was originally mechanical engineering. Um, I had a little bit of a laugh when I heard Jason Fenske on this podcast because he sort of came to the same conclusion that like there wasn't a lot of practical real world knowledge and he thought differential equations was the end. I made differential equations the end. I said, no more. That's it. I can't do this. Um, switched my major to a whole bunch of other liberal arts crap. Um, and then uh, so ultimately hence, one of the hence the chicks. I knew it. I knew it was just as happens. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, uh, no, I mean, I ultimately had a, have a master's in law, which has nothing to do with anything, but wow. makes me a really great at arguing. But I'm Italian, so that comes naturally anyway. Um, but uh, really just played around with cars my entire life and then um, was lucky enough to be poor enough that I couldn't afford anything uh, unless I would fix it myself. So I, you know, wound up with a $1,500 Volkswagen Scirocco that I still have, um, and taught myself how to be a mechanic because it taught me that I needed to be one. <laughs> and, uh, and then, then everything else started. I race, I, I do all my, I have 11 cars at the moment, which is a problem. Um, and I, I race in lemons, I autocross, you name it. If it's being bad in a car, I do it. Well, that's pretty good. I, uh, I, 
have some kind of a similar experience, but I'm really more interested in hearing from you than I am. I've already heard my stories. But, you know, <laughs> I, I really, um, I really, um, I got to tell you before we do anything else, uh, <laughs> it's an admission. I, I never really, I don't get a chance to even watch the Monroe live stuff. Um, so when uh, when Eric said, "Hey, you gotta you gotta have a look at this guy, have a look at his uh, his uh, exercise or whatever, his his show on the Cybertruck," <laughs> I had meetings I didn't go to. <laughs> um, usually, I last about ten or fifteen minutes. I was blown away. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> With Monroe, it's one and done. I mean, uh, it's one take. There's no background. What do we need that for? I mean, we don't do anything that that comes even close to uh, to what you what you crank. I, how many I months did it take you? How many months in advance did you get? I mean, everything seems to be perfectly scripted. Where'd you get those damn cars? I, I mean, it's like <laughs> unbelievable. Everything I saw, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't pull myself away. And actually, I still have it up. It's like on my bookmark thing. And I, I now have favorite things that I, uh, that I, I go and look at, like the, uh, cool. the Ferrari truck or whatever. Where I never even heard of that. I, I thought I was in the know, but <laughs> obviously not. Well, listen, I would say you don't, you guys have access to a wealth of information about automotive products where you don't need to, you have no competition. You don't need to put the money into production value or being different because you guys have the cars that you tear down and you impart this information. YouTube is really great at allowing people to, it's, it's all information, right? You're just yeah. transferring information. Um, and what you guys do doesn't really need that. When you're reviewing a car, from my perspective, is I can do what sort of others do and absolutely no shade towards uh, Marquez or Jack Ricks, who are the other two that, that got access to the Cybertruck. But I could sit here and tell you about something, um, but I don't think that's taking full advantage of the medium. I'd rather show you. So I have a business partner named Anthony Esposito, who's my right-hand man, and we are best friends, fight like brothers, and ah, kill each other. Um, and Ant is just as much of a car guy as I am. And he and I sit and come up with ways to show things. Um, and it's always perspective, 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 which means I found that Lamborghini LMO02 and the DeLorean and the Rivian R1T and all that other stuff. Um, because I, it's one thing in a print magazine to be able to refer to a car. This looks like a Lamborghini LMO02. But I want to show you the car and I want you to hear it and I want you to experience it. And I want to you to watch the body roll when I'm drifting it around a corner to the uh, owner's absolute horror. Um, and so we do spend a lot of time on the production value because I want that to be taking full advantage of the YouTube's medium. Um, this was our worst produced icons ever. <laughs> Are you shitting me? What? No, Worse? I think I. I thought you should get some kind of Academy Award. I mean, I I was totally blown away. Uh, I Thank I you. I've Thank never you. been trained for any of this crap. I'm <laughs> uh, uh, I do my absolute best to keep from swearing. Um, I've oh, I've always got uh, I've always got people looking at me. Oh my god! And I I can I only got time for one deal. I don't I. I Everything you see is one shot. That's it. And good. Uh, I mean, you have a real, you have a business to run, and you have other things to do, yeah. right? And but so I'm it is my you business what, to do that. From from an art standpoint, 
Thank you me. kill it. I mean it. Thank I mean you. it sincerely. My uh, and that my, is my team. My, really, my me. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I uh, I've got to phone my uh, my cousin. He used to be a producer director for Universal Studio, and um, I'm going to send him one of your things, and I'm going to say, okay, how much would this cost if you did it? <sighs> okay, and I want to see the Monroe tear down. That's what I want to see. Is you tear down one of my episodes and decide and call me and tell me what you think we spent I'm not on an it? Expert. I can't do that. No, but maybe he can do he it. Could maybe he exactly? Could. Yeah. Typically, I'll, people are off by a function uh, by a factor of about ten. They think it costs about ten times more than we actually spend. Really? Because, yeah, what it is 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 we're we're scrappy, we're cheap, right? We we I always joke that no one does does ghetto like we do ghetto. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. You ain't so, been here, brother. <laughs> okay, well let's so, let's do uh, it. No, uh, yeah. The, yeah, the, check we've, out some we've of the got the expensive episodes. out here to video us, but, but but I'll tell you what, it's always an iPhone. That's it. Two two people with an iPhone group, and then okay, and done. done. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you gotta you you know you gotta do what you gotta do, and we don't we don't have yeah. a big budget. YouTube does not function in a in a large production capacity. It just doesn't. You can't pay for that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm lucky in that I'm an employee, so I'm not looking at an ROI in terms of production costs. I'm looking at how can I get Haggerty's name out there um, and just have people smile when they hear it because they yeah. saw a video. But um, but yeah, look at some of the other. So typically we have four weeks, four to six weeks of pre-production for an Icons episode where I'm thinking about it, writing a script, going out and driving the car, driving some of the competitor cars if I haven't, um, and then organizing the 10 or 12 cars that wind up in the episode. Then we film for four and a half or five days. And then Poor Rob, who's uh, my editor, spends four to six weeks editing it and making me look like, not like an <laughs> um, which takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And then, but this time we had two weeks of pre-pro, two days of filming, uh, and eight days <laughs> of post-production and editing, including Thanksgiving. You got so, all this stuff done in it. That's a really short period of time. It was nuts. I, it was nuts. I, I would have thought you'd have been there for a month. Yeah, no, so. Tesla, I mean, Tesla was amazing in giving me, they gave me one day of access to the the engineering team. And it was sort of like, ask any questions, everything's sort of on the record. Uh, nothing's off limits. We saw that crash test. And then I went away, wrote the script in a week um, and then organized all the other cars. And then we, we spent one day, at, we spent two days at Sonoma Raceway, one static where the car didn't move. That was all the standups. And then one driving it around where we, you know, where I raced Randy around the go-kart track like an idiot. And, um. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was figuring he was going to straight, straight up your a I, I genuinely times. thought, I was really nervous that we were going to hurt Randy. And Randy's a national treasure I, and he's yeah. a wonderful person. And I really don't want to kill Randy Popst. And I was worried that I was going to come around the track having just, and just see a, a headless body yeah. in the in the go-kart and go oh, i killed randy i decapitated randy pope with the back over and didn't Highway feel pizza. it <laughs> yeah yeah so not that wouldn't have been good so um i i gotta ask uh so this is remarkable the amount of time that you spent and and what you cranked is just stunning to me anyways but um what were your initial thoughts i mean a lot of people took a initial look at the Cybertruck and uh, said, that's going nowhere. And others like me said, oh, man, I got to have that. Um, where were you on that, uh, on that scale? I thought it was a joke. I genuinely thought it was a joke. Really? 
Yeah, and that's the hardest part of this video is that I'm getting a lot of pushback for how positive it was. And I keep hearing from people like, oh, this was clearly a paid advertorial by Tesla. It is 100% wasn't. This was a regular piece of editorial. But what this is the lesson for me is that we all look, we all go in, we see a shape, we see a car, we know a car company, we know the leaders of the car company and everyone involved and we make our judgments beforehand. But as a journalist, it doesn't matter what my personal opinions are. And it really doesn't matter what my preconceived notions are about the car or the people involved or anything else. I have to go in objectively. Um, and I showed up at Tesla, they reached out and, uh, were amazing at, I'm so thankful for the opportunity, but they were like, listen, we want we want you to help tell us this engineering story. And I thought, well, f you, no one tells me what story to tell, right? Sorry, I, I yeah. probably shouldn't. Oh my it. gosh. Oh. oh, he said, a, think of the I, children. A, my mouth didn't move when I said, um, <laughs> but they, uh, you know, I, I thought I'm not going to tell your story. I'm going to, I'm going to review a car. That's my job. My job is a bit actor yeah. and I'm going to put myself in the mindset of the person who wants this product and I'm going to evaluate it. Oh God, sorry about the Apple weird things. I'm going to evaluate it based on what the consumer expects this thing to do. That's it. Walk in the lab and I, you know, I see the truck and I'm like, oh my God, this thing looks exactly like it did on stage, which is outrageous, whether you like it or not, not personally my kind of thing. Uh, and then I spent the day having my mind blown over and over and over yeah. at the ingenuity behind this. Um, and it, so we put the line in the video that I recorded afterwards. We had to go back and redo a segment because I'm like, you guys have all made up your mind about what, whether you like or hate that Cybertruck. But the craziest thing to me was that it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it stands for. Yeah. That's not my job. My job was to tell you what's underneath it. And I just was in disbelief, absolute disbelief. Mm. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, when we got the first uh, Model 3, I said, I've never seen a pile of shit ever come into the marketplace like this. And then I went through and I said it had gaps that you could see from here to the moon, or it was built like a, a 1980s Kia. Daihatsu, yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was just until I got a chance to drive it. Like that was my first impressions. Then I got a chance to drive it. Then we yanked off the body. Holy mackerel. All of a sudden, everything changed. And that's where Tesla's got it all or had it all. It was always under the skin. You can't see anything. It looks like a jelly bean. It's just another car. But when you pull the top off, when you pull a body off, and you start looking at all of the other stuff that they've done, that's when it became brilliant. And that's, I mean, the Tesla guys hate <laughs> the Tesla fans. Uh, uh, I mean, I had a 40 cal under my desk. So I'm, I'm not oh, no. you there. Oh, I'm Oh man. Some of the stuff, you know, we, we call the FBI. I, I, we have secret status here. I can't, I have to report it. So anyways, um, but that aside, when, when you look at the, when you, when you look at the, at, at, at the cyber truck, I mean, for me, I work on fighter planes and stuff like that. For me, I took one look and I said, that's the future. That's the future. I don't care a about anything else. If it's just as good as a Model 3 or a Model Y, it'll be fabulous. And right. that's where I thought it was going to be. And Same. then, holy crap, everything, yep. everything. Uh, er so your first impressions were you thought it was a joke. And what did you think of the styling? I, I, I loved that it was so outrageous and so future. 
Um, I loved that it sort of harks back to the 70s and 80s Jajaro hard edge wedge shape. Yeah. You know, everything from the DeLorean, um, including that obviously the tech, the texture of the stainless. But I, you know, I thought I was like, this is a hell of a styling statement. Um, I don't particularly love the way, I mean, it, again, my personal, like what Jason thinks versus what Jason Camisa thinks are, you know, two different things. Um, I didn't love it. I thought, okay, it looks great. It's going to look ridiculous on the road, which will make me laugh because I, you know, I love the absurd. Um, but then when I saw the number of deposits coming in, I thought, okay, and this is, this is where it's important that I switch to my job. If a million people plunk down a deposit on something, it doesn't matter that I don't like it that it's not my taste. It, what matters is there's a market for this. People really felt passionately about it. It got everyone's attention and therefore I give it credibility right off the bat. But I don't, you know, the the, the camera crew was laughing. They said, it looks like a void moving through space. Um, it, you know, it was, you know, the, the quote from Anthony is, this is by far the ugliest vehicle we've ever filmed. Um, it doesn't work on camera. It really doesn't because it doesn't have a face. And, uh, and so, you know, we as humans, we anthropomorphize everything and we're looking for eyes and we're looking for symmetry and we're looking right. for all this stuff. And this just violates all those rules. Um, but sitting still, the thing looks incredible. Like it yeah. just in, I, I'm not gonna say beautiful, but incredible. Like it just has a presence unlike anything else. Um, and I respect that they, they came up with the design and, here it is, uh, virtually identical to the uh, to the concept. Well, most people don't know that uh, cars are ca classified. It's got a happy face. It's got a sad face. Mm -hmm. It's got an angry face. It's, and um, and people, I mean, especially in in uh, Korea, they go for the different gods and whatnot that they had in there uh, a million years ago, and they, and they try and morph that into the front end of the car. Right. This one. I mean, it's just a flat piece of sheet metal. No um, face. But, but the side view, uh, to me, is, I mean, that's what I first saw. I walked into the, uh, it was on TV, and I walked in, I took one look, and I, I, all I saw was the side view. I loved it. So let me ask you a question. Um, you've, you've said some of this stuff, but if you, um, uh, if you had to categorize what you didn't like about it, what would that be? I mean... Is it the face or what is it? What is, what is no, I I think from from an objective standpoint, I mean, again, it's like what I like, what I don't like. What I don't like for the consumer is the visibility. Um, I just think that there's this shape has a bunch of compromises built in that traditional pickup trucks don't. There's pluses and minuses, but I think I would I think the traditional automotive driver would prefer a bigger greenhouse and better visibility, certainly towards the back. Um, <laughs> there's nothing uh, in the back. There's nothing. Zero. And I, I you know, and I, look, I like that the nose is actually quite a bit lower than most traditional pickup trucks, but you, you genuinely, I think you said this, somebody said this also, I thought I was going to hit everything. You can't judge where the front yeah, of the, the, right. the truck ends. Um, and that's just, you know, look, people, people wear high heels and they're not going and doing marathons in them. This is a styling statement. It exists for a reason. And there will always be compromises in anything that's high style, sport from everything from sports cars to high heels. So I didn't particularly care for that. Um, I'm not sure that the traditional pickup truck buyer will take advantage of uh, a lot of this truck's benefits versus a regular pickup. So if I sort of think of R1T, 
as a as the sort of best in class, um, most modern traditional pickup truck design and Cybertruck is are the things that make Cybertruck better. The steer by wire, some of the efficiency, obviously the speed. Um, is that enough to compensate for its visibility drawbacks? It's insurability. Obviously, we don't know yet what it's going to cost to insure because we don't know what it's going to cost to fix. Mm. But, you know, I like the idea of this exoskeleton. And sure, great. I think it's wonderful that they're thinking differently. But I worry a little bit about, um, you know, keeping it looking fingerprint free and scratch free. Um, and I just don't know if that trade off is worth it to the customer. Mm. I'm not the customer. But, you know, I yeah. well, TBD. Well, personally, I don't really look at it as a, a competitor to Rivian because Rivian is made for an entirely different person. True. And I and I think if you're going to look at a pickup truck, I I have a Lightning right outside. I wouldn't dream of I would never give that thing away, never. It just I mean it saved our ass a couple of times already with the ability to uh, power the power the factory and whatnot. I love it. And from a pickup truck standpoint, a real Pickup trucks, that's what I want. But I, I have one on order. I want, I want a Cybertruck, me. I want it. And after driving it, I loved it. I couldn't believe it. The only thing I did have a problem with, I didn't care about the back because as soon as they said, hey, <clears throat> if you want to look out the rear view mirror, look at the, and I, oh, it's got a camera? I've been yeah. trying to get Nishta to get rid of the damn rear view mirrors already. I want to see mm -hmm. here. I don't want to look up and, Oh, it's foggy or somebody, my wife was putting her eye makeup on or something. I don't, I hate that. I want to just see what's going on. And I love that. Now you said you don't know where the wheels are in the front and I don't either. So I said, you know what? You take this truck and you bring it into a parking garage. that has got one of those spiral things on it, man. If you don't pee your pants, you're a real man. I really, really was nervous going up that thing. I went like three miles an hour. And I said, you know, it'd be great if you could put something down here. Oh, no problem. We just, and, and they're good. They can do it because everything's software. They got all the cameras already. So now you go into a, a cramped condition like that. And now I can see my corners and I'll feel a whole lot better. But, and the other thing is, look, you get used to everything, right? Every car has visibility issues these days. I, and I did really genuinely, that go-kart scene that we did with Randy was, we did it multiple different times from multiple different angles to capture the video, but yeah. we did do four and a half minutes of flat out as fast as I could drive that Cybertruck around that go-kart track. And I don't know if the video did a really good enough job of sort of broadcasting <laughs> the fact that I don't think I would have been able to do that in any other truck. I can I guarantee have been able to you turn that. The wheel. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, you'd never, you'd never be able to turn the wheel. And, and uh, what's his name was saying, oh, he's not holding to the track, holding I mean, to the track. Was, I'm that surprised that it flipped over. I mean, we, uh, did, we did get it on three wheels, but we, you know, really? the, but the, the, oh yeah. Well, the problem was, of course, I'm badly behaved and I asked to turn off stability control. And the oh. only way to do that was to put it in Baja mode, which raised the suspension to the absolute max. And it was porpoising and it was, uh, on two or three wheels at one point, but we didn't put that in the segment because I didn't think that was fair. Um, the, but the reality is I genuinely went for them. I race, I'm pretty quick. And I, that was everything that truck had. And I, not only do I not think other trucks would be able to have 
been able to do that at that speed. I don't think any other truck's brakes would have put up with that. Um, but also I did get really used to the steering immediately and it became second nature where I was yeah. just too busy trying to look for where Randy was. Um, and then the car shrank around me. So the visibility and where the front wheel stuff are, you get used to that. It's just jarring at first. It's yeah. just a barrier. Um, I personally, um, it didn't take me long to figure out the steering. But the problem was there were so many things that I was excited about. I must have missed the off-ramps that we were supposed to go to. So I got a lot more driving in than I thought simply because uh, we were only supposed to drive two blocks and then, you know, get to an off-ramp. And I'm busy talking and, uh, oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. Oh, I, and the next Oops. thing you know, <laughs> gone. And now we got to go 50 miles to turn around and whatnot. Good. So I have a question for you, though, Sandy. Yeah. The, you, you, so you have a Lightning. I had a Lightning there for that uh, production yeah. because I think it's a great traditional pickup truck. That Absolutely, I think it's the best, the best real, uh, well, yeah. traditional pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that too. And and then you, but you also want a Cybertruck. Yes, because I like to go hunting, and and okay. that's the wrong. I don't want a Lightning to go hunting. I want that truck to go because you know what? If I take the Lightning into <clears throat> into the woods, what am I going to wind up with? A scratched mess, and then I got to deal with the guys here. What the hell did you do to that truck? And I got to deal, and worse yet, my wife. You just ne <laughs> you can't take care of anything. That's why we can't have nice things. So at the end of the day, with stainless steel, I I will run over trees. I won't hmm. care. I will I will go through a couple of uh, pine trees. I won't care because you know what. Anything I do to that truck will do really zero. And I mean that sincerely, zero to that truck. And I will take my buffing wheel outside, and guess what? It's gone. In fact, that'll be the shiniest part on the whole damn car. And I had Rubicon about. after Rubicon after Rubicon. They were all beat up, every one of them. I'll never beat that. I'll never have to beat that car up. I'll, and I never washed it. I never, with the Rubicon, I never took, I never saw it. I mean, it would be frightened if I took it into a car wash. So <laughs> that that's an interesting view, but because my question was, would this, is this a supplement to, or is this a replacement for a traditional simple, tough, but, you know, genuinely built like a 1950s car pickup truck? Or is it a Lamborghini for people, which is obviously why I brought that Lamborghini to that show? Is it a something of a styling statement? And you're saying it's different. It's actually, yeah. it's got a different set of capabilities. I'm a little yeah. bit concerned about what happens when you scratch it. I mean, we did try our hardest and we didn't scratch it, but something will. It's, it's um, okay, so here's something I... I I've been told, Sandy, shut up and let the other guy talk. So, but here's one thing you, you need to know. That, that thing, they start out with Martin Siddick materials. So that's stainless steel and, um, and that means it's non-magnetic and things like that. But I have a lot of rifles. And you know what? If I take one of my rifles and I shoot at a piece of 1.8 millimeters thick steel, uh, stainless steel, Boom, it goes right through it like a hot knife in butter. That didn't. So I was thinking to myself, myself, these guys are lying. And, um, and I don't, I'm not a fan of that. So mm -hmm. I couldn't understand how it was that they could make that happen. Then they took me into the factory. I went on a factory tour. And they have a straightening area. And they take the, they take the austenitic steel and they work hard in it. 
and they turn it into martensite. Mm -hmm. I can't shoot through martensite. Mm -hmm. And that's when I saw that, when I saw what they were doing, and when I said, what happens when you work hard in it? Well, it, it gets harder. They didn't tell me until later, it's martensite. And if you're, if you know something about, if you'd have gone to school for just a little, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> you should have taken yeah, a, I don't know anything about taken this. the, uh, taken the, uh, what do you call it? course, the metallurgy course. Anyhow, yeah. that's, there's nothing, nothing like it. That's why when you see that bullet hit it in slow motion, it blows up completely. That's supposed to happen on the other side of the plate. It, it's not supposed to blow up on the front of the plate. Right, so the anyways, front. that to me was a big deal. And that means I can't scratch it. There's no, a diamond. If some, if some chick is going writing her name on with her engagement ring, okay, yeah, that's going to, I can't get that out. But a pine needle, that, that don't work. And not even cool. a rock. There isn't any rocks that are harder than stainless steel. So, hmm. Yeah. Cool. I, I look, look, we, I, we wanted to destroy it. I mean, we hit it repeatedly with a sledgehammer. Didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't touch well, it. I, I saw you, <laughs> saw you at that refrigerator. Oh my God. Oh, that was brutal. I, um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, but, uh, I thought you were going to kill, I keep forgetting his name, the, uh, the driver. Uh, Randy. Go, Randy, I thought you were going to kill Randy. Hey, hit it again and again. You know, he's an old guy and he's yeah, kind of like he's, skinny. I mean, uh, he, he's he pretty have been strong. Beating he was thing. okay. Yeah. I was sore after that whole filming. He wasn't. Oh, it was yeah. fine. Well, yeah, no, he, uh, he was, everyone was whacking on that thing. And it, it, it did in, in, in the interest of perfect clarity, we hit it probably, we hit the Cybertruck probably 10 times, yeah. eight, 10 times with a, with a sledgehammer. And uh, one time, when Randy hit it, he hit it with just the leading corner of the, of the hammer. Um, and it was as hard as he could. Every hit was as hard as he could. And that did leave a scuff. And we thought, uh Oh, so we sort of just, I just used my sleeve and pushed it out of the way. The scuff went away. Yeah. If you looked at a very, very shallow angle into light, you could see a little tiny uh, ripple is a strong word. It'd be this, yeah. It'd be the way a traditional panel would look after your paintless dent removal guy is done, right? If you're looking for it, you can almost see where it was. You could see where it was, but I mean, that hit would have ripped through. Uh, to, uh, it's yeah. the, the, that skeletons, the, the exoskeleton, whatever they call it, the, the body panels are nuts. Well, nuts. Here's, here's something uh, that, um, that probably will happen. If you take that same truck and you let it sit in the sun for a little while, it'll go away. Martensite doesn't like to be bent. It wants to be where it was at the beginning. So oh, another wow. good thing. Yeah, we cool. got, I could talk about this all day long, but I got like <laughs> I got a whole bunch of questions to ask you. So you mentioned on Top Gear that when you were interviewed that you had two different Cybertrucks experiences from two different Cybertrucks. What, mm -hmm. what was that all about? So the first one was at Fremont. Uh, Tesla brought me out to the um, to their engineering lab, and they have a test track uh, that's in behind the factory in Fremont. Um, they had set up a cone course that I could do in the Cybertruck as well as the an F one fifty Lightning, um, and it was there to just demonstrate steer by wire. Um, and then I did a couple laps of their oval test track. Um, just to see, of course, they were thinking I was going to be doing like steering inputs, but I was also doing limit handling because I wanted to know what, what it did. Um, that steering was, first of all, 
to, to say the same thing you did. It was, the whole thing was overwhelming, right? I mean, I, I do this for a living um, and I sit and talk to engineers for 12 hours and, and can remember all of that. That's all great. But getting in that truck for the very first time and trying to get around cones and backing out of a spot, it was disorienting um, because the steering, you know, was 170 degrees and in each way. Um, and uh, I felt the steering was too gainy. I think at very low speeds, I just very, it, it, you know, I, I wound up just having to learn where, uh, where the front wheels were going to be. The second truck I drove was for the ones we filmed with, and that was very different. Um, and it, I, there are two factors. Number one is I got used to it, right? I had more experience with the truck because that first one was the literal first time I'd ever sat behind the wheel of a cyber truck because it was when I was doing that the concourse. Um, and two, they said they had toned it down. Uh, they they slowed the ratio at very, very low speeds considerably. Um, and that helped. But at the end of the day, it's all software tuning. Um, yeah. So they really can and should do yeah. a slider of how aggressive do you want your steering to be. I mean, they're never going to be able to change the 340 degree total total rotation, but they could. They can change the shape of the curve. Um, and I think they should. But yeah, that was the only difference between the two trucks was uh, one had been updated in the two weeks in between yeah. Fremont and Sonoma Raceway. Well, that's one of the nice things about being able to tune with software somebody says hey i don't like or even the the pictures like i said hey it'd be great if i could see what their hell the corners were and they said oh no problem and they probably got it on the trucks already so i think that they're very responsive to what uh the customer has to say and mm -hmm. that's that's how they make things happen so you mentioned the yoke and the steering and what what did you think of the yoke are you a yoke kind of guy the yoke on you? Uh, you you know on the on the model s and model x absolutely Absolutely not. I think that yeah. was a huge misstep. I think that showed a fundamental misunderstanding of how steering works. If you have a steering system that's two or three turns lock to lock, you cannot use a yoke. Um, and I, I would go so far as to say it was dangerous in the Model S Plaid. Um, I spun the car immediately on track, uh, and I would have absolutely. I, I, it's my job to drive cars beyond the limit and slide them around um, and not wreck them. Uh, and this was a privately owned car that we had rented. Um, Yikes. and uh, yeah, I just, I just spun it because there was no steering wheel where I went to go reach for the steering wheel. Um, steer by wire fixes that yeah. because there is there, you're not turning the wheel two or three times. Right. Um, I don't, I don't mind the shape of it. I didn't mind the feeling of it. I, I don't, I certainly don't want steer by wire in a sports car, um, or anything where, you know, feedback is really important to me or enjoying the drive. But I think, uh, the yoke shape now with the sort of vertical, uh, horizontal connector on top from 10 o'clock to two o'clock is fine. Um, stylistic choice. It works. It works. Well, I, I personally, uh, like the yoke a lot. <laughs> I liked it even more inside the, in, inside the cyber truck. Yeah. Um, but I, um, I, I do know that other people hated it. Uh, so, um, you know, everybody to their own for, for yep. me, I, I, I uh, when it's going, when you're really hauling and we did that, I didn't know, I didn't know, uh, how, how much of a sense of humor the cops in Austin had, but their, <laughs> their cops are much bigger than I am. So I didn't want to <laughs> really, uh, you know, 
Yeah. Get out of the car. <laughs> I, know. I did move around a lot. And I will say that, you know, the, the whole steer by wire system from yoke to the actual actuators on the truck worked perfectly. Yeah. Um, and it worked together well as a system. And yeah. so I had no issue with it at all on this truck. I mean, you know, once it's steer by wire. Well, uh, I, I really did like, uh, I really did like it. You know, we've talked about the style. I, let me just jump back. What do you, what do you think it's going to, how do you think it's going to be reacted to in 10 years? I think every time you get something that, uh, that an innovator makes that captures the mind and the attention of the whole world, every also ran car company will jump in and emulate it. Starting, I mean, the best example that we can give is that terrible bustle butt on the uh, E65 BMW 7 Series um, back in the day. It was a terrible design. The car was absolutely hideous. And what did every single car company do? Yeah. <gasps> BMW is doing this, so we have to do it too. Yeah. And they ruined all their cars. Um, so in the case of the Cybertruck, I think it works at getting a lot of attention. And I think we're going to see this car inspire a whole lot of copycat yeah. designs. Yeah, I want to be different like everybody else. That's yeah, exactly. that's what I used to say when I used to say when I'm uh, when I was a cool guy at Ford Motor Company. Oh, that's great. Let's be different like everybody else. Everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so all right. So, is a question here? Um, is the Cybertruck? Um, do you think it's going to become a working man's truck? I. I love that I don't know the answer to this question. Like it's I'm, don't give you your best guess. Come on. Uh, You're a journalist. You, you gotta okay. have some kind of an opinion. This is the crazy part of this truck. I I typically do know whether the uh, I'm pretty good at predicting car success based on what I think the customer's expectations are. I on the surface of it, the answer is absolutely not. It's a showpiece and it, people want it because of what it looks like and whatever. But there's so much substance behind that. Yeah. Um, and there are so many small benefits to the tr traditional pickup truck buyer that I think, or to the, to the workmen, that I wouldn't be surprised if they'd start rolling out into job sites. I also wouldn't be surprised if people are embarrassed to do so because there's, it sends a message. And this is a problem with just, you know, the, the car is an avatar. The car is a, it's a Halloween costume that we put on and we drive out into the world. And it says something about who we are and what we find important. And I worry that if I were a contractor and I pulled up in a job site and, you know, people would say, oh, that's a hundred thousand dollar truck and that's Elon Musk. And that's all the, it's just associated with yeah. all of these things. Meanwhile, the lightning is a hundred thousand bucks and no one looks twice at it. So th that's going to be a factor. I don't know. And I love that. I don't know. I can't wait to find out. Well, here's, here's what I think. Uh, I think that, uh, I think that the F-150 Lightning will lose out on about 37 <laughs> sales. I, I don't think I, as a, a I, w I did that kind of shit, And you want to have just something normal when you drive up to somebody's house and say, yeah, we can do that siding or yeah, we can put your roof on. <laughs> if you, if you come in in a Cadillac, if you're driving up in a Cadillac or something that they, everybody knows is really expensive, then all of a sudden the, uh, the whole atmosphere changes and I don't think I can afford you. Don't even bother writing exactly. that quote out. Exactly. So I, I believe that, but I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not buying it for that. I'm buying it for, Hey, you know what? I can get the quads in there. Hey, you know what? The bikes fit easy in that. Uh, I can sleep in this <laughs> so I can drive out to somewhere in the bush 
and uh, <clears throat> stay warm. And in the morning, instead of trooping for who knows, a mile and a half or something like that, to get to a quiet spot or a blind where I'd freeze my ass off, I, I suspect I'm going to have a microwave in mine and a coffee maker, maybe espresso. Right. I am not sure exactly what I'm going <laughs> to have in there, but I can guarantee you uh, I'm older now. I'm old, period. The er can go away. But uh, I'm telling you, I, I really don't, I want to go hunting, but I don't want to go roughing. So right. for me, I think that uh, I think that there's going to be a certain kind of individual, somebody who's into sports, somebody uh, uh, like I've got I've got a I got a friend. Um, his name is um, his name is uh, Flynn, Nick Flynn, and um, he uh, he kind of like thinks of a lot of himself, and and he'll he'll definitely he he won't use it. He's got uh, he's got pickup trucks and stuff like that. He would never dream of he'll buy one. And then he'll drive it, and uh, and it'll be his fashion statement when he goes hunting. And right. by the way, I don't know, I don't know uh, where that uh, picture came from with a guy that had the the cyber truck and he couldn't get it up the hill. I don't know what what that was all about, but maybe he should have taken an off off road driving course. I mean, that's not the way helped. you usually do it. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, I think this is going to be just as. Uh, so the Rivian, as far as I'm concerned, is the best off-road vehicle I've ever had. I didn't get a chance to drive the Cybertruck off-road, but my guess is that it's going to be pretty damn good, if not better, than, this, than, the, uh, than the Rivian. Um, it's got I, the ingredients for it. It does. I mean, it, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. We were, we were going to do an off-road segment in the video that we did, but we just ran out of time and weather. Um, yeah. You know, the thought was... If, if I got it stuck off-road, you know, somewhere, how the hell are we going to extract it? And yeah. we, if we only have seven hours of daylight that we can really shoot in, and it takes three hours to extract this thing if it gets stuck, or the camera car, or anyone else gets stuck, it's just not, wasn't worth it. Um, but I can't, I mean, for with, you know, three motors and, individual, and a locker on the diff up, up front, I just don't see, and that much suspension travel, I just don't see how it wouldn't be great off-road. But uh, I'm, I'm, not I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be brilliant. And then as soon as I get mine, so we have a test at my house. Um, so I live in a county and I have um, the house that I live in is on kind of like a little hill. And um, on the north side of the house is the septic system. Mm -hmm. and, um, and you can drive off the little road that I live on. And you can drive over the septic system, and then you can go up a 60-degree hill. Ooh. Yes. Okay. So I could do that with my Rubicon, my 20, sorry, yeah, my 2013 Rubicon. I did it all the time. My wife hated it. You're going to tear up the grass. Gonna... But I, I did it, and it didn't tear up the grass. So anyway, um, I bought my brand-new Jeep. And this is the, these are the guys that are really going to have a – they're going to get their ass handed back to them. And I brought that thing up and I went up the hill and I got about halfway up and I could feel the tires breaking and I'm going, this is going to chew the grass up like there's no tomorrow. I put it into reverse. I let it drive itself down and I turned around and now I'm going up the driveway and I saw my wife up at the top of the hill. I drive up the driveway and I'm looking and there she is. 
with a gun. No, <laughs> okay. no, thank God. No, I don't give her no guns. So anyway, she's standing there going like this, and I drove it around the corner to to park it, and I drive around her, and I roll down the window because I figured she got some kind of comment, and here it was, sell it. We had it for less than a month. Then wow. I got the Rivian. Holy doodle. I went up that hill. I went sideways on it. I mean, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe the difference. And then we took it to an off-roading area up this concrete mountain that uh, they've got where all of the Jeeps are trying to crawl up. And I went, right up. I stopped right in the middle. Stopped. Yeah, just to wave so let, at everyone. No, I, I let the other guy get ahead of me. And then I went, yeek. Yeah. <laughs> I gunned it and went up. Oh, my God. Pissed them right off. So let me ask <laughs> you a question. Besides the Cybertruck, um, what have you reviewed lately that's really turned your crank? I mean, I just had a, I was just on a small launch for the Porsche 911 ST. And so this is another incredibly low volume, incredibly expensive parts been special basically from Porsche where they took the GT3 RS uh, as engine, which is a four liter flat six yep, with yep. naturally aspirated uh, with six throttle bodies and revs to nine grand. And they pulled 22 pounds out of the clutch and flywheel assembly. Uh, it's manual only. I'm not kidding. Um, and it is yeah. just, it's definitely loud in the car in all of the right ways. It is just the most spectacular sports car on the market by you know, it, just, it relegates Ferraris to video game status, which I hate to say. Um, wow. So that, you know, that's, I get excited about this naturally aspirated, high revving manual transmission Porsche 911 thing. And then I get just as mind blown by Lucid Air Sapphire's dynamics. Mm. Um, and so those are the two standouts, I would say, of the last couple months, which is that Sapphire is probably the best handling car I've ever driven, period. Um, and that includes everything from Pagani's to McLaren's to Lotus's wow. and everything else. Um, they just have the software that's controlling the torque vectoring is so perfectly dialed in that the car becomes uh, and just a complete extension of a driver. And so an advanced driver wow. can get that thing to, to break the laws of physics uh, using torque vectoring and um, having three motors on it. It's just unbelievable that's amazing. um yeah and at the same time that you have you know that it's a good time uh if you've had a lot of money to you know to be able to experience a, a street car that pulled off a 1.89 second zero to 60 with a passenger in it at a stop sign that i definitely didn't do um and at the same time you know it wasn't in austin was it <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. it was right outside Sonoma Raceway. I wow. mean, in Mexico. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, I was at a stop sign and I had Jason Fenske in the car, funny enough, in the, in the car with me and we had 65% battery and the air conditioning was on and I had a V-Box in the car and I said, oh, okay, let's just see what it does. And just launched and it was 1.89 seconds to 60. Like it was nothing. And I'm like, what is that? What world are we in wow. when I'm in a near 6,000 pound luxury sedan that just out accelerated someone being dropped out of a plane in comfort with the air conditioning on and the cold seats, um, you know, and then, and then a couple of weeks later, I'm driving a, a 911 that's literally 95 decibels uh, while you're driving down the road. <laughs> uh, screaming, go deaf. <laughs> six, uh, and happily, by the way, I would happily go deaf listening to that. So uh, those are the two, you know, that really made a mark wow. in the last two months. In the last few months. So what I is mean, your you know, all-time favorite vehicle then? 
Ooh, Ooh that's a You've done question. it all, so I, I'm... Um, wow. I'm going to say, even though I hate to say this, I don't own any Porsches, but I feel like probably the probably the best sports car I've ever driven is a 997, so 911, 911. GT3 RS 4 liter um, from, I think it was an 07. Um, Aston Martin V12 Vantage 7-speed manual. V12 Vantage S 7-speed manual is up there. But, but I can't... I'm going to shut up. Let me retract all of that and say the best, <laughs> the best car I've ever driven, a Volkswagen Golf, a GTI. Really? Because it does more things better than more. Th I mean, how do you define best, right? A Bugatti Chiron is unbelievable in terms of art and engineering and technical prowess and all that other stuff. A Model 3 is the best, or Model Y is the best transportation device ever made. It's not the most fun. My Volkswagen Scirocco is the car that makes me smile the most. Is that the best car? I don't know how to define best. Hmm. Um, well, I, I, you mentioned the one that I think is the best. I think the best car on the market is the Model Y. It is. I mean, it's the As right price device, and it does yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, it gives you that rocket ship experience and it doesn't cost anything, hardly for gas and oil. And well, there's no oil. There's, There's no no, oil. Well, no no gas. I like, mean, my sister, who's not a car car person per se, had a stick shift Mazda six, uh, which I thought was super cool. Black and you know black black interior, and she was the sort of cool mom in school because she had a stick, uh, and she just drove a Model Y that a friend had gotten just as an experiment. And uh, goodbye Mazda six. Um, goodbye. Her, she had a beater old Lexus RX that she used to carry shit around. And she's like, this car does everything better than everything else, yeah. period. Uh, and, you know, it's supercar fast and gets 200 billion effective miles per gallon, accelerating <laughs> 120 MPGE. And yeah. it costs nothing to run. And it's the safest car ever tested. And, 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 and how do you argue with that? Yeah, pretty much. So uh, the, the big thing on, on uh, driving economy. My, my, I, I did love my Rubicon. There was no question about it. My 2013 was, I mean, people, nobody figured I'd ever sell it. Um, but, uh, but I did. And, uh, and one of the things that I didn't like about it was, um, okay, <laughs> the bill, um, you go up there, <laughs> pump some gas, um, and, uh, a month I, and I don't drive that much, uh, because mostly I'm flying around to different places. 250 bucks a month for gas Ooh. versus 11 bucks for my. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I, t I tell people all the time, I live in a world, I live in the future. And, and I don't mean that to sound like a d I drive the newest cars as for a living. And yeah. the average car on the road is 12 years old. So if I am looking at this, I'm experiencing the absolute current future. And the average person is experiencing 12 years ago. Which, by the way, and you know, those cars are all ten years old, also. So they're, you know, these cars are twenty years old in technology, or fifteen years old in technology, on average. And I said years ago, once you interact with an electric vehicle on a daily basis, there just is no going back. Period. Yeah. Um, and everyone thinks I'm crazy. Now I have a a, a forty nine year old pile of shit Ferrari that gets nine miles per gallon. Um, <laughs> and it wants super unleaded and it pollutes terribly and it makes great noises and it puts a smile on my face and I absolutely love it. And I don't care what it costs to operate, 
but my daily driver is an electric car because I just need something that just doesn't complain. It doesn't want oil. It doesn't want gas. It doesn't break. There's no turbo lag. There's no downshifting lag. I get to win all the stoplight drags because no one hears me coming. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's the best of all worlds. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so my daily is an EV and then there are 10 gas powered cars that put smiles on my face, but you can't go back once you live with an EV. What are all those cars? Name them off. 1975 Ferrari 308 GT4, 1980 Rover SD1 3500, 1985 Mercedes 190E 2.316, 1987 Volkswagen Scirocco 16 valve, 1988 Volkswagen Cabriolet with a 2 liter 16 valve swap, 1989 BMW 325i sedan, 1990 BMW 325i wagon, 1991 Honda Beat, 2009 Lotus Elise SC, 2019 Dodge Carav Grand Caravan SXT, and 2019 Volkswagen E-Golf. You win the prize. Know how many cars <laughs> I got? None. <laughs> but you're smart. Yeah, I don't have any. I, 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 I bore the ones that work. You know what to score these things? Oh, I'm so yeah. stupid. But no, I mean, they're, they're my babies. They're my children. Well, not um, only that, they're, uh, most of what I heard, there was a gigantic investment so anytime no. you, you need to cash in the chips. No, uh, you know what? I, the joke is that I, none of my cars cost more than the cost, even within $10,000 of what the average car cost last, the new car cost last year. The most I've ever spent in my life was $41,000. And that was the Ferrari. Um, How'd you get a Ferrari the, for 41,000? No, it, it, it was, it's the ugly one. No, no, no. It's the one that no oh, one wants. And oh. you know, and the, you know, the, the Ferrari and Lotus were 40 grand each 39 and 41. And other than that, the Scirocco was 1500 bucks. The BMW was 1500 bucks. The other BMW was 6,000 bucks. The cabbie was 4,200 bucks. I am cheap. Hmm. Like I said, nobody does ghetto like Jason. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you're Sandy and uh, in that case, you don't have any cars. Yeah, fair enough. Can that's I borrow cheaper. your car? Can I borrow your? And that's it. You know, absolutely like, not. You're going to try to climb a sixty percent grade in my old Lotus. No. Well, <laughs> no, I don't think that would work. But I will tell you, um, I I will cheerfully reach into my back pocket and uh, and pay whatever I need to in order to get what I want out of that cyber truck. And that will be the last truck I'll ever need. I mean, it, what's going to wear out? Oh, it goes around. That's it. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know if you knew it, but I was an engine engineer. And, you know, when I put down failure modes and effects analysis on an engine, it goes a long ways. You can't believe. And then, oh, yeah, it's 43% efficient. Wow. What's that electric yeah, car? Yeah. 97. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, uh, th there's a lot of things that, um, that, that I look at. And, and the best one was this kid that came along and said something about, he said, I don't like those cars. They're too noisy. And I said, well, don't you like that kind of noise? I mean, it's sound of power. And he turned around and looked at me and he said, the Star Trek Enterprise, the Star Trek, the Starship Enterprise doesn't make any noise. Oh, yeah, okay, we shut don't know up. That because Get that no kid out of here. <laughs> yeah, beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> Smack him around a little. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't heard that Porsche 911 uh, ST that I was just talking about. Ah. My ears were bleeding and I've never been smiling Anymore. wider. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So I got a question for you. We uh, talked about stuff you reviewed that impressed you lately, but what's mm -hmm. something you reviewed lately that disappointed you? Top billing goes to Mercedes EQS. Oh. Um, 
<laughs> That's quite the reaction. <laughs> Do I need to shut up right now? No, I uh, no, I'm not. Sandy's shut up. That's my motto. I uh, I feel like there were. Let me let me put on my journalist hat on here. There are. I have never seen an example of a car company that has the engineering prowess and experience the size of Mercedes Benz to fail completely on so many levels in delivering a consumer product um, that should have been comparable to its previous products. Is that politically correct enough? Wow, that's pretty good. You you, you could make it as a, uh, what do you call those people? Um, woke, a woke person, yeah. No, because uh, I'd rather just say I hated it and it's the world's uh, worst well, pile of shit. Now but, you're, you know, now that's you're, not fair. Now you're a Musk person. <laughs> you're either woke or Musk. Yeah, you got to take a choice. I'm, kind of, I'm right down the middle. I mean, I, look, I get, I get most. There are a lot of people at Mercedes Benz who who spent a lot of time engineering that car. I wish one of them had a clue. See, I can do both. I can do. No, it's just you know, it's, it's not I'm properly. almost on the verge of crying. That was so well said. You're, <laughs> you're definitely, you're definitely a, a, a destined for being, you know, a writer or something. I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's perfect. perfect. Yeah, no. Um, I try. Look, you know, as, as my job, I have to, I have to be fair and unbiased to Mercedes, and they're they're going to be really pissed at me, I'm sure. But the reality is, I think there are some very serious and very obvi obvious shortcomings from that car, and I expect better from Mercedes. But if this were um, a, a Chrysler, which I don't, for example, expect better from, um, I would still be just as hard on it. I think they they tried for glitz over substance, um, and didn't, didn't nail it. <laughs> That's uh, glitz is just not at the right level. <laughs> you got to go a lot higher than glitz for that one. Here, Sandy. I'm trying. Yeah, well, you're doing well. Anyway, let, now that now that we've kind of like opened um, Pandora's box here, so uh, ten years from now, who do you think is going to be the lead car company? Oof, I five years ago would have said VW. To um, me too. I, that was right. wrong. Yeah. That was well. What I think what we learned is that Ferdinand Piëch had far more of an influence on that company than than we realized because the man keels over and it's the company falls apart. I, I don't understand how that happened so quickly. Um, as you can see, hold on, that's funny. I have books behind me on him. I'm working on a sort of biographical piece on Piëch. Um, uh. I would have said Volkswagen. I think Toyota's positioned in a, in a really smart way for the next five years. Um, not sure about past that. Um, and then I just look at Tesla and think if they keep, uh, innovating and keep dragging the auto auto industry out of 30 years ago or 50 years ago or 70 years ago, it had, they have to be among the, the best. The question is, will, uh, will the sort of politics of the brand and will, Elon's not doing a great job at not offending people, right? And 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 I, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's like it's not my job to 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 tell everyone whether to like him or hate him or agree with him or disagree with him. That's that's all BS. But I worry that there's when when he's being as divisive as he is, he he can hurt as much as he can help. Um, and I would love to see Tesla doing a better job of just saying, Hey, we're here and as an agnostic car company and we just want to make a good product and we're killing it. So 
buy our stuff if you like our good products. Uh, and I think they have a real chance of being on top of the world. Um, and I think the traditional car companies all are in big trouble. Mm. Big trouble. Well, you didn't you didn't mention my my number one pick. I believe BYD. BYD. Yeah. I uh, mean, we can't discount the China the, the, the you know the, the China market because it's yeah. invisible to us, but huge. Do you get any chance to drive their vehicles and stuff like that? I have not. I have not. <laughs> You're in for a real treat. I mean it sincerely. Uh, those guys are just going to kick. And everybody, oh, I got a great idea. Let's go back to the future. What do you mean back to the future? Oh, let's go. You know, we need another big V8. Really? I've seen this before. This, this looks a lot like the Japanese invasion. Anyhow, right. I, I really think that once, uh, once they start bringing their, once the Chinese start bringing their stuff in, uh, the end uh, will be painful. I mean, it's happening in Europe, right? I mean, oh, yeah. many, that's uh, what's that's what's killing Volkswagen Europe. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. one of the things. This is uh, not mine. This is one of the uh, other. Uh, what's the name of those guys? Um, uh, car industry analysts and man alive. You look at this. And, um, and there's, there's got to be executives that have seen this. I'm taking a screenshot of that. <laughs> I want to look at it later. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you. I, I, cool. Uh, yeah, I'll send it to you. But I'll tell you what, uh, there's a couple of big names missing, um, like mm, GM <laughs> and, um, and Ford. And uh, I just... Look, I hate, I hate what scares me is the possibility that one day we're going to look back at uh, these podcasts and say, wow, what, how stupid were we? This whole EV battery electric vehicle thing is, it didn't work and we should have seen it. Oh no, it's going to, I really don't see another way forward. Um, whether it's the right move or not, everyone can have their opinions. I just don't see another way forward for this industry. I, right I don't see it as being, um, it, it can't possibly fail. Uh, because quite frankly, when, um, when the innovation light turns on in the United States, things happen. So now we're finding out, hey, guess what? Lithium is not a big deal. And hey, guess what? There's, uh, there's enough, uh, 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 there's enough minerals and whatnot. We, we have some of the biggest mines for nickel and whatnot in, on the planet to uh, to, uh, to to uh, to to go and get they just find they keep finding stuff i mean some clown in uh, not a clown but some guy in quebec said hey uh you guys are looking for uh you know uh, carbide hey we got a whole mountain of it you know it's it's left over from the ice age or something what so yep. there's a lot Listen, of property. i think there, there's a lot of uh, everyone's uh, everyone is rightfully upset about the idea of climate change and we're all panicking and we don't know what to do. And I'm not going to say that EV is a, or a battery electric vehicle is the world's most clean solution. What I'm saying is given the information that we have right now, that seems to be the right way forward. We are trading one kind of pollution for a different one, but I think we're, we're setting ourselves up to be in a better place. Yeah. Uh, and that is a very different, by the way, conversation than me saying, once you live with an EV every day, you don't go back, right? Those two things are actually unrelated. I don't, you know, when I say living with an EV is better, I don't, 
I'm not paying any attention to what it costs to mine the lithium or anything else. I'm just saying this product is a better match for what most people need than a traditional product. Um, but at the same time, it certainly does appear that all the mining stuff isn't as big of a deal as we thought. Um, and the right thing to do, or that at least to our current information, the, be the best choice is to go move away from internal combustion. And of course, you're an engine engineer. I've built engines. I know what goes into those things. Just to assemble parts that somebody else already manufactured is a nightmare. Yeah, obviously, I love doing it, but it's a nightmare. And you, you know, <laughs> you just kind of look at the whole thing and go, how did this win? How mm. is this, how is this even a Bait. How many meters per second squared of the de deceleration is that piston having thir 30 times a second? What? Versus, oh, there's a little motor that spins. It's just yeah. kind of a no-brainer. Well, you want to be on an assembly line and, and trying to trying to <laughs> trying to crank uh, crank engines out at a 30-second cycle. Yeah. That uh, hey, I, I dropped a few bolts. Where'd they go? Well, they fell in where those pistons are. Oh well. They'll Somebody's going to be unhappy. <laughs> right. uh, and I remember seeing that when I, I mean, you know, you, you get a bunch of new operators and you got a handful of, uh, they're not supposed to do it that way, but they've got a handful of uh, basically uh, push rivets and they're putting in a little pan over the top of, uh, over the top of the uh, screen for the, for the uh, oil filter. And uh, uh, you're going to pull that off, right? Oh, they fall out when you turn it by the, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I only got 30 yeah. seconds here. Okay, fine. Well, hmm. death by yeah, 30 seconds. Yeah, I think we seconds. found a better way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's safe mm, to say. Yeah. yeah, it works really well. Before we get you out of here, what do you have coming up next, Jason? What's your next big car you're reviewing? In a couple of weeks, okay, this is actually a perfect segue, so thank you. Um, in a couple of weeks or a week or two, you're going to see uh, my Icons episode on the Ford Mustang Dark Horse, um, mm -hmm. which is uh, was a lot of fun because it's, you know, Icons is built as a car review, but really it's a short form documentary. So I got what I, what I decided, the question that I wanted to answer is, is, is Dark Horse a meaningless marketing slogan um and how is it that this mustang is so different than every other mustang that came before it so of course i gathered every other mustang plus a car that was supposed to be called a mustang but was front wheel drive and then renamed at the last second plus a couple bmws plus a volkswagen fox and i'll leave you that to you to figure out what the hell that was doing there um and so when when i said before that the Cybertruck is our worst produced uh, icons ever uh, have a look at the the Dark Horse one, because I think this one is, uh, well, we were in Palm Springs, so it's pretty. Um, but it was, uh, it was a really fun one to do, and I think it's a great story about, uh, about that car. So that, I think, should be live, provided my editor doesn't continue to have the flu December 21st on, on the Haggerty YouTube channel. And if we can drag his ass out of bed and force him to work a little bit more uh, 21st, otherwise it'll be 28th. Wow, this is cool. cool. Have you got any Thank more, you guys, uh, not, Nope, that's it. I oh, got wow. nothing. Thank you so Just much. The Thank you so that's much. It. Come on. This Thank you guys. Great. Thank uh, you. Thanks for what you do. I really appreciate the uh, the engineering insight on, on your channel. I watch uh, watch a lot of your videos. Really cool stuff. So great. Thanks, thanks so much. That. Thanks for having me. All right. Great stuff. Stay in touch. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Thanks.